Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Full Kit Banter Podcast. I'm your co-host, Yushan, and I'm sure that y'all are wondering where Pascal is as he's usually the one that does the opening intro. Well, sad to say that he's not able to make it today because of reasons that are totally not related to what happened in Game Week 4 of the weird and or wonderful world of the English Premier League. You nah, I'm kidding. He's here. You. <laughs> and also joining us once again is our close friend and Arsenal correspondent, BK. Hey. So boys, I would like to hear your thoughts and opinions on that game week, especially on the two fixtures that happened near the conclusion of game week four, the uh, Manchester United versus Spurs and Aston Villa versus Liverpool. True. So Pascal, since uh, the listeners and I know that you've pledged your allegiance to the Liverbird crest, yeah, so I'd like to hear, you know, how you're going to try to justify Liverpool's 7-2 loss in any way. Huh? Are you going to justify seven, that? 7-2? Seven, seven what? What? New phone? Yeah, Who this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you see, I mean, the state of denial. Cl- clearly, we were just, you know, just tired, you know, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm speaking on behalf of all Liverpool fans here and that result pretty much sent all of us into mini depression on Monday. <laughs> as if Mondays weren't hard enough. Um, yeah, we, we're not used to being the banter team after... I mean, we've had a decade of banter, but the last three years, I'd say, have been pretty smooth sailing. So that 7-2 was just... Um, in my case, it was anxiety-inducing. Uh, I think I had a panic attack when... <laughs> Ross Barkley scored. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it is just it just felt surreal, man. We we, we managed to turn Ollie Watkins into prime uh, prime Venistoroy. <sighs> where to start? Where to start? Um, very quickly, we're gonna we're gonna delve into like the the nitty gritty in a bit, but I just want to like shout out Joe Gomez. Like Joe, <laughs> I defended you last week on this podcast. Okay, after your immaculate performance against Arsenal. I said you were you were back. And what do you do? Flop. You stabbed me in the nuts. <laughs> you stabbed me in the nuts, man. With a performance that you and Adrian should be tried you guys should be trapped for like war crimes, man. That that was an abomin like that was an aberration. Uh yeah, I've set my piece for now. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into you guys even further later. But seven two the quote Indian rant man, um embarrassing, shambolic, just yeah, so many adjectives to describe it. Yeah, I didn't catch the match because it was way too late for me and it was yeah, past same. my bedtime. But same. I did wake up to go to the toilet and I actually decided to check the score. And when I saw that it was 5-1 to Aston Villa, I thought I was dreaming. <laughs> Until, yeah, because I have this neighbour who lives above me and he's, uh, he's an Arden Liverpool fan from what I know. And he was cursing and swearing throughout the night. And I was there just... Oh boy, I can't seem to catch some Z's, man. So I decided to, you know, I, I didn't watch the game, but I just decided to follow the highlights. And uh, I did catch the extended highlights the, the morning after, and I could say, pretty shambolic by Liverpool. I, I'm not going to say that it was coming. I mean, the, the, no one could expect a 7-2 defeat in the arms of a, air quote, relegation team like Aston Villa. But Liverpool exposed? Question mark. I don't know. What do you think about it, BK? Uh, 
Liverpool man 7-2 like what was the oh I don't even know where to begin man they, they weren't even playing you guys weren't even playing we, we suck like, it was like I don't know man like but was it too much shit on no, Adrian I, I saw some of the highlights like you guys were left I, I think we were talking offline and you mentioned about like playing with a high line and I realised like how many times like Villa attacked and there was like so much space between like the back line and the goalkeeper and like the defenders were like or or maybe the attackers were like at the defender but it was like three quarter up the halfway line already. Yeah, it was just I have a couple of theories as to why the scoreline was the way it was. Firstly, I mean Liverpool have developed a reputation, especially under Klopp, for you know being this never say die, you know, like we can be 3-0 down and we'll come back. So I'm sure it was in the back of all the players' minds that even at 4-1 down, they believed that they, they would they could have mounted a comeback. But that's where that's where the problem lies because when you're that naive, right, especially against a team with Villa's newfound speed and guile, you're just waiting to get killed. Um, I mean, Liverpool had chances to make it 4-2, but there was there was bound to be a moment where we got caught out, and we, we did almost almost immediately. I think it was like 10 minutes into the second half. It was just a, a ball straight down the middle. Trent was woefully out of position. Um, and, and Barkley just latched onto it and finished. Might have been it. Might have been Grealish. I can't. I'm mixing up the two. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, lots, lots to digest. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna press the panic button. You know, it's not. It's not all doom and gloom. It's hard to be positive after a seven-two drubbing. But I mean, if you really want to put a positive spin on things, you could say that this was the kind of performance and result that might have prompted Klopp to address certain things and for like not only the defense but the whole team to take a look at themselves are we gonna be reigning defending champions who kind of stutter to you know a poor title defense or are we going to continue where we left off last season because before this game week right there were people saying that yeah, this was yo, gonna I, be another cakewalk for I Liverpool so, especially man. after Leeds drew I, 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 with, I with Man City like, Liverpool was gonna walk through this easy peasy and like there you go, there you go. And maybe the players believe it themselves. Um, so, there's definitely an yeah. element of underestimating Aston Villa. But at the same time, we saw it against Leeds. And we saw it against Man City at the end of last season. We saw it even at the Watford game. There are definitely holes to pick in this Liverpool side, in this, in this defence. And like I mentioned earlier, this mindset which is has has come so naturally and been so useful for us over the years, you know, like you can think about the Barcelona comeback, um, the comeback against Dortmund, but it's almost dangerous to think that way at times, especially against sides who play so counter-attacking. And a lot of teams now, like, like <laughs> Yushan's going to bring this up later, he, he's going to talk about the blueprint that Bielsa laid out, the foundation that Bielsa laid out. A lot of teams are going to realise that cowering in fear against Liverpool is only going to bring about a slow death or maybe you'll snatch a point. Because this Liverpool side, right, if you sit back, they will catch you. You need a superhuman performance from your defence or goalkeeper. But if you attack us, 
if you sort of expose that right-hand side, which is uh, occupied by Trent and Gomez, right? As much as I like Trent yeah, going yeah. forward, yeah, defensively, he's still very suspect. Um, yeah, before, uh, still very suspect. Yeah, before I touch on yeah. the similarities between the tactics that Marco Bielsa and Dean Smith put out against Liverpool, uh, I would like to question... Okay, I wouldn't say question, but a lot of fingers were pointed at Klopp and his tactics more more so the high line that he decided to go with against the speedy attackers of Ollie Watkins, Jack Grealish and Trezeguet. I know that this the, the high line is the epitome of Klopp's gangan pressing tactics. So, but it really worked well last year and the and the year before. So do you think that he has been found out a little? I, I mean I did say that Every manager's... Uh, I, I know it's been a repeated thing and you guys are probably tired of hearing me say it, but a manager's shelf life evidently has a lifespan of three to five years and Klopp is on his fifth mm-hmm. year. So, do you think he's stubborn to persist with that highline and not evolve on his current tactics? As you can see that Trent is not the quickest guy. Gomez is quick, but he, like you said, he's defensively suspect at times. It's almost like his positioning mm. negates his speed. Yes, yes. And and one thing, like, okay, mm. I'm, I'm going to talk about Adrian. I, I know that he messed up in the, in the first goal, but all seven goals that Liverpool considered were, were not totally his fault. It was a collective, yeah, it was, it was a collective uh, effort and, or and, rather and lack of effort. Say, like, how but, many goals were rebounded? Like some ricochet goal. Like I saw at least two goals that were like off some someone's leg. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was, right. Like, yeah, it was very FIFA right? like. But even if I took away like two goals from that, there's still like five two men. Yep, and uh, going back to the goalkeeper, little situation, I- I'm sure that Allison was instructed to play a sort of a sweeper keeper because. Uh, if you play that high of the line, you're going to have to trust your keeper to be able to come out and make all those interceptions and clearances when whenever one of the opposition's attackers manage to break the offside trap. And, okay, I'm just going to go back to last year when Adrian was a fresh place transfer and he actually mm-hmm. won the European Super, Super Cup, Cup yeah, because, right? of, yeah, because of his yeah. penalty saves. And, you know, you could see that the Liverpool backline actually had some sort of confidence in him because... They might be thinking, oh, if Allison, you know, gets an injury, we can actually rely on Adrian. And yeah, true enough, this what this was what happened to Allison last year. It was it was similar to some similar to this year. Allison got an injury and then Adrian uh, had to deputize for him. And because it was uh, Adrian's debut in being the sticks in the Premier League for Liverpool, the defenders still had some sort of confidence in him. But as you can see as uh, Features had gone by, Adrian made mistake after mistake, and you can see the trust, you know, sort of chipping away little by little between him and the back four. And you can see yeah. that's pretty evident now that, you know, Alice, it was, it's pretty much deja vu. Alison has an injury again, could be ruled up to maybe 27 November, if I'm not wrong. And now Adrian's in between the sticks. And the lack of trust between the back four and Adrian has led to, you know, if you, if you can't trust your goalkeeper, you can't really 
deploy the, the Highline tactics as well as what they did last year when if you have Allison in the back line. So I don't know this could probably be one of the one of the many reasons why everything that could go wrong went wrong for Liverpool in terms of a defensive performance against Aston Villa. I, I don't know what do you guys think about it. But my first theory on why Liverpool yeah, I, got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> I mean I, I agree hundred percent um regarding the whole Adrian and the lack of confidence thing. I think he must be making a couple of these errors in, in training as well because there's so much behind the scenes that we don't see that happens on match day. And I think, I know the exact moment that the players probably lost confidence in him and I'm not sure if you guys can predict what I'm going to say but it was that goal in extra time against Atletico Madrid. We had played an absolute blinder that night. Coming back from a 1-0 deficit, we took the lead 2-1. And he kind of just goes a wall, and and Atletico get a fluke goal that would take them through, and we just never recovered. And I think from that moment on, you know, they they can come out and defend him all they want, but that has to do something, you know, like that has to do something to your morale, especially after playing a hard ninety minutes against a very good Atletico side, seeing it kind of thrown away. It wasn't even like. It was almost lazy on Adrian's part, just the positioning. Yeah, it, I don't want to blame him, but like you said, I, I I kind of put the defeat down a lot to moments in the game. First moment, obviously, was the opening goal, which was a, pardon my French, but it was a clusterfuck between Robbo, who I think on the night was terrible defensively, but offensively, he was a, probably our best outlet going forward. Um, and then with Adrian and then completed by Gomez and then the second moment was one of the deflected goals BK brought up mm. it was the McGinn it was the third goal for Villa which effectively deflated us because you could tell going back to the Liverpool spirit at 2-0 down speaking from my own like experience I didn't think the game was like done much like how Chelsea came back against West Brom I knew that this Villa side would have like, I knew we had a goal in us for sure. And true enough, Salah comes up with a goal. And you could tell like the Villa players were a little bit worried. And Liverpool players were buoyed. But then within three minutes, McGinn gets the third goal. And the way it's conceded, you know, it's you you kind of feel sorry for yourself the manner that goes in, but and a lot of fans have attributed like the whole the third the three goals that come from deflections, but I mean, being a little bit critical, I think Allison saves at least one of them. Because if you look at the goals, if you really want to break the goals down, Adrian's starting position isn't that great to begin with. And also, he's a good shot stopper, but I don't think he's as good of a shot stopper as Allison. But besides that, it's the third goal and the fourth goal, which is what really killed. And the, 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 the defending for the fourth goal was absolutely criminal. I don't know what Liverpool were playing at. It was a set piece, right? Norm yeah, normally we are, we've been we've been a lot better at set pieces, but what watch that goal again? The high, I, I, the defending was crazy. Like the 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 line was just ridiculously high for a set piece, and Watkins had just the freedom of the back post to make it four one, and the defenders had the nerve to look around for an offside flag. I mean, that's no, there's no way that was offside, um, and at four one, I don't know what the team talk must have been, but. 
I guess Klopp probably went in with like, okay, uh, we've had a terrible first half. Let's try to get a goal back quick. Because Liverpool came flying out the blocks and were caught on a they were caught on a counter attack to make it five one. And at five one you just gotta call it. You just gotta you just gotta say it's not your night. But we just kept pushing for more goals. We just kept trying to reduce the deficit and ended up screwing us big time. Yeah. Sorry, BK. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit <laughs> no, thirsty no, after good, that. No, I, I agree with you. Like it, it just looks so deflated, but I think it's like where the goals come in, I think a lot of people don't really take this into consideration where how goals come in. You mentioned a very good part that like how Chelsea came back against West Brom, like the three goals were scored at the first half and then like Chelsea came back the three after that. Like I think every day everything could have been settled in the first half. And then like you know, you come back on the second half. But for Liverpool when when you mentioned like Salah came back and then the next thing you know, three minutes three goals come in, uh, one goal come in and many other goals come in and then it's just deflating for the team itself. It could be Adrian, but m- maybe Adrian is just not good enough to be second to uh, Alisson, but is any team really going to have a good backup keeper? It's not like, I mean, we talk about this offline so many times. Chelsea mm-hmm. used that check and Kudicini back in the day, but not every team has that liberty to do it. Even nowadays, if we look at it. Chelsea even at Courtois and Not every team has that, Chelsea, <laughs> like, has that liberty to do that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know we kind of spoke quite a lot about um, Liverpool being unlucky to a certain extent that, you know, three goals that they considered were all deflected, but... It was still a destruction, yeah. I, I have no... I have no like uh, illusions about that. Yeah, but we kind of have to di- give credit to Dean Smith and Aston Villa for Absolutely. forcing all these errors to a certain extent. And yeah, I would like to refer to episode one of the pod where, you know, we were doing a match recap on Liverpool versus Leeds and I said that could Marco Bielsa have given the league a blueprint on how to stifle and actually play Liverpool at their own game? when mm-hmm. he set up in a 4-1-4-1 formation. Well, I actually delved in and did some research, and Villa did actually play the 4-1-4-1 formation. Douglas Lewis was the guy that was given control and the trust of Dean Smith to actually dictate play for in, in terms of Villa's offensive and defensive transitions. And you can see that he, he really did well in terms of when they given their responsibility. McGinn and Barkley... They were guys that were pressing Liverpool's backline, and Watkins was a he 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 really targeted uh, mm. Joe Gomez, right? Joe Gomez was Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander Arnold, and you could see that whatever tactics that Dean Smith came up with, it really worked. I, I wouldn't say that the Marco Bielsa and Dean Smith are of equal levels in terms of management and experience. But whatever Dean Smith thought of, the game plan worked against Liverpool. And they really targeted Liverpool's right-hand side, which is, yeah, for, for all of Trent's good points in terms of cross, his crossing, his free-kick-taking, and most of all his set-piece delivery, he can be quite suspect in terms of his defensive duties sometimes. And, and, mm. and yeah, I don't really have an agenda against Joe Gomez. But I did say 
he <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did yeah, yeah I I did I I did say that you know he can be Liverpool's weak link in terms of the when whenever Liverpool line up defensively yeah like I said his ball playing skills are are good that I must say but sometimes he switches off and gets caught out when he tries to play the offside line and okay I I know that. I may sound like I have an agenda to this player, but you know, Mr. <laughs> Nabi Keita, I, 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 I realized that he got taken off at halftime, and this has been quite an quite common occurrence in terms. Of, okay, all four of the games that he started, he got taken off before. Okay, at, from the 60th minute, and uh, I don't know. This can't be a coincidence, right? And I, yeah, I I was chatting with Pascal and BK offline about you know the the lack of impact Nabi Kita has had on this Liverpool team, even though he has been here for three years. And uh, I would say Pascal was a little upset you mean about the it. Forgery? So yeah, was, he, he oh, was, yeah, was taking, upset was taking a there. dump and uh, recovering <laughs> from the battering. Yeah, I know you said that Nabi Kita has been putting in all right performances of late but if you're gonna pay 70 million for a midfielder i expect more than just mm, all right yeah, performances yeah. i expect him to take the game oh, sorry i just cracked <laughs> yeah i expect him to <laughs> i expected him <laughs> i expect him to take the game by the scruff of the neck when like a little bit like steven gerard did i know it's a it's a hot take to compare gerard to Nabi Keita, but yeah it it's i know i'm harping a lot on the price point but it's kind of what you expect. And I did say before that because Liverpool were winning trophy after trophy for the past two to three years, that Nabi's, Nabi Keita's shortcoming in performances have been just swept under the carpet. And now that Liverpool haven't been performing that well, fans seem to be putting him under the microscope mm. more closely than before. So... I, I I know what Pascal thinks of Navigator. So BK, what do you think? I, I agree with you. He's not he's not meeting the price tag. Like, what exactly is his position? Like, is he a deep lying? Is he a box to box? If he is a box to box, is either way, like I I just don't think man, he's like seventy mil worth. Seventy mil, dude. Like that could. I don't know. That that could get you so many players. Yeah, and adding to the fact that, okay, the reason why he hasn't been performing up to scratch is, yeah, you could say that he has been injured a lot for the past two yeah. years. And yeah, you could say that he the reason why he's been starting so badly this season is, oh, he's not match fit. But do you really need to yeah, take three exactly. years to be match fit for a Premier League game? Shouldn't you be adapted to the, you know, the harshness and the quick pace of the Premier yeah, League exactly. right now? And- I know, I know. We we sound like we sound like we are the Nabi Keita firing squad, <laughs> but I'm saying it as it is. I mean, yeah, no, no. And, uh, to an extent, obviously, I'm like as much as I want to say I'm not, I'm I'm being impartial. That 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 would be a lie. <laughs> um, the thing with Nabi is he's very stop start. I, I don't know what the general consensus among Liverpool fans are, but a lot of us, obviously, because of the price tag, we want to see him do well. Yeah. As just with any player you, you have in your team, you want to see them do well. But I will agree that 
he yeah he just he, he, part of me is frustrated that Klopp doesn't let him play a bit a few more minutes but there has to be a reason why he's taking him off and like you said earlier if you are dominating that midfield if you are absolutely essential you're not getting taken off at half time no yeah. matter the score yeah I agree I agree Although, although Havertz got taken off at half-time against us, so, no, I'm kidding, there's a not even in the same league. Yeah, I know, you I know. Can't, you can't <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a stretch. Although, although Bruno Fernandes did got taken out on the 6-1. Oh, yes, yes. Hey, hey. it's no longer about Liverpool. Yes, that, well, well, that is an excellent segue to the next yeah, topic at hand. Manchester United we versus spend one Spurs. Hour on this. So, yeah, yeah, I've been talking a lot. So, BK, why don't you share your thoughts about it? And then I, I think we were offline next. and we were chatting about... I, I think the red card was very crucial about it. Like, uh, we, we all thought that definitely it should be a red for both. And we talked about the VAR on this. There should have been a VAR for this. Like, red card for Lamella and red card for uh, Marshall. Like um, Lamella deserved the red card yeah. and an Oscar. <laughs> legendary, legendary yeah, flop. This, this, this is what really grinds my grinds my gears. Yeah, yeah. To quote, to quote, Mister <laughs> Peter Griffin of Family Guy, it it grinds my gears to a certain extent because VAR is just another person's perspective in a box. Com- the box, computer yeah. room. Yeah, the nerd, the nerd room. The otaku, otaku room. Yeah, the, the nerd room. On on another day with another VAR referee, both of them will get either sent off or both of them will get yellow cards. Like, I, even with VAR, I don't understand how referees are still messing up these type of decisions. You can just play back and see that, oh, Lamena was the one that kind of instigated Martial's response. And that's why Martial yeah, retaliated. And, and I'm shocked, right, that FA hasn't, like, acted on this. Like, you know, like, sometimes FA acts on a decision after, like... Yeah, to, to rescind the red card. Yeah. But, not, but Martial is still getting exactly. a treat event. But the thing is, you can't it's... rescind the red no, card. No, like, no, no, why would you? Rescind. It's clearly like, a red card. Wouldn't you give Lamela then a, a warning of sorts? Well, I, I guess if you... That, yeah, that, that's the million dollar... Not million dollar. Probably worth more. But that's the question, I guess, like do they consider that violent conduct? I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Martial's a dumbass for lashing out. Yeah. If if I was a United fan, obviously I'd be pissed off at the referees for effectively screwing us and, and pretty much killing the yeah. game. But I'd be pissed at Martial, man. Yeah, like, but, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah but I, I, think, I think the reason why Martial was frustrated to begin with was he was, as you could see, he was, uh, they were already 2-1 down by that point and he wasn't really getting a lot of service from his midfielders. So I think, the, and we know Marshall is a moody guy. <laughs> so he, whenever he has a chance to act out, he will act out. And I, I don't know, credit to Lamella. And I would like to, if you all have not That's exactly the, uh, what Mourinho wanted. Yes, yes. Yeah, he wanted them to be, he wanted them to be. Yeah. Uh, the horse, I mean, like, off the pitch, they, are, they can be nice guys. But, yeah, well, on the pitch, they can be, they have to be like C words. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going to say that word on air. Because I, uh, I don't want to get flagged and taken down, but uh, yeah, you could see Moreno's imprint on that Spurs side. But before we talk about Spurs, let's just continue, you know, giving our insights on I, Manchester yeah. I just United. want to say something like about Manchester United. Like, okay, we also talked about the Maguire thing, but we're going to get to that in a bit. I just felt like one red card 
how did it mess them? Uh, it was like 2-1, right? Eh? Was it 2-1? Mm, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, card, it was 2-1 right? before the red card. How could that one red card yeah. mess you up for four more goals? Something must be defensively wrong. And then, you know... Yeah, it, it yeah shows... we talked about the Maguire thing, like <laughs> how he took Shaw down. Yeah, it shows a lack of leadership in that United side. Like, okay, if it was Fergie at the helm with, you know, the likes of Ferdinand and Vidic, I'm sure they wouldn't have allowed them to have considered... Okay, I know that they've considered 6-1 to City, but but it was Manchester City at their prime. And the 6-1 against City, just to jump in, the 6-1 against City was kind of... I mean, it was it was awesome for, like, Liverpool fans. Like, oh my god, like, the, the all-conquering Fergie, like, United gets walloped 6-1, but... I mean, if you really break it down, City scored three goals in what the last four minutes, last five minutes. It was just United being like Sloppy. insane. Yeah, they were just trying to like yeah. They're they, chasing they, the game. But so like it's also being naive. It's the same thing going back to the Liverpool thing. It's almost like an ego thing. They just didn't want the scoreline to be that big. I think it was at it was I think it was three nil, and then Fletcher scored to make it three one. And at that point, you almost take the consolation goal. But United, being United, were like, nah, we're gonna chase the game, and they got they were I think they were down to ten men as well in that match. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were down to yeah, ten uh, men but as well. I I think yeah, but I think the it, it was it was two really different teams. Oh, like 100%. the Fergie team was that was a that blip, and winning. this is just like yeah, yeah they. They were winners. Mm, yeah. the, the entire team were filled with winners and they like, oh, uh, because Fergie kind of instilled the belief that, oh, if we scored one goal, you know, the game is still yeah, on, yeah, we can yeah, go definitely. forward and maybe we, we could we could yeah. draw this 3-3. But you could see uh, all these United team, they're not mentally yeah. that strong I, at I, all. And it kind of compounded like the fact that Bruno, who I think is their main source of leadership on the field, yeah, got brought off at half time. I was stunned when I saw him coming out. I was like, if anyone, yeah, yeah, me too. Like he, he's wow. Yeah, if 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 anyone could bring United, I mean, they were four one down at that time. So, but uh, if you if you ever needed leadership on the pitch, you know, to, to tell everyone to stay calm, hold their positions, it would be Bruno. So I was really surprised when Ode took him off at halftime, but it was only after the halftime whistle that I found out that there was an alleged bust up mm-hmm. between Bruno Fernandez and I. I don't know, it could have been Maguire or someone else, but that is the reason why Ole took him off. Because And, and you could see that Bruno wasn't on the bench after halftime, which kind of reinforces the fact... Uh, it kind of reinforces but, that little... Uh, yeah, but then that it comes point. down to what's happening behind the scenes then, right? Well, and I think, Pascal, you brought this up earlier in the day when we were talking offline about what's happening in the scenes of Manchester right now. Ole on the chopping board or what are we... Yeah, apparently the, the word on the grapevine is that he has five games to save his United job. Um, I don't know how true that is, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone by Christmas, to be honest. Um, it's almost going to be a carbon well, copy of how they got rid of Mourinho. Even? Yeah, it... it there's, no, there's no smoke with yeah, fire. I mean, right? and it's not like... I mean, I, I, I forgot where I heard this. It might have been... Uh, the kickoff, uh, shout out to Jordi, but it's almost like you know how United dragged themselves back into third place, right? Yeah. From like the depths of like tenth or something. Everyone else was shit. It's not just that. It's yeah, it's I mean... like everyone was raving about how United came back, but no one was asking the question like, well, how the hell did we end up here in the first place? You know, 
Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, even going back to our top four predictions, I thought United would somehow find a way to recapture that form and secure top four. But right now, it's hard to see where the hell they're going to end up, man. And we're going to talk about our revised top fours later. But And even going back to the Spurs game, it's not like Spurs totally outclassed them. Look at all the goals. If you want to really nitpick even the fifth goal, okay? First goal was Maguire. Just, I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> Second, yeah, it's crazy. The second oh, okay, goal okay. was... I, I'm just going to say, like, if that was 18 yeah. mil, right? It's like, if like you want to hit Keita down, I think Maguire's worse. For a captain. Not even, like, I, I mean, the price, obviously the price doesn't help him. The fact he's English doesn't help him. The fact yeah. that he looks kind of strange doesn't help him. <laughs> Slap it. But no Premier League defender would get away with doing that. Like, you could pull out... um. Like, like a bang average defense. Like any defender no, in the Premier League no way, get man. You killed pull, you pull for your doing team what in. he did. That's like I'm not even sure that's on Sunday I, League football. I don't. Yeah, I don't even think I witnessed Titus Bramble. Oh my god, he makes like Bramble like Bramble look like Maldini, man. And then the second goal might have been even worse. He makes the schoolboy error of. I don't know why he's charging out to get the ball in the first place. Maybe he wants to make up for the initial mistake. Fine, you you charge yeah, up. He, he decided to play, yeah. He decided to play head tennis with Bayi for some reason. And then he just decided to cushion it yeah. back to the, <laughs> the header. And the and the cushion header was yeah, so exactly. bad. It was so bad. Yeah, I mean the the first goal was an abomination, but the second goal was more down to fundamentals. Like he charges out, takes out Harry Kane, and instead of standing in front of the ball or asking someone, yeah, to stand yeah, in front yeah, of the yeah. Ball, he's doing neither. He's like. You either run back like a madman to to cut the passing lane to Son, stand in front of the ball so Kane can't take it quickly. Just do something. He was he just switched off, man. Like Matic was the only guy who was alive to it, but Matic being like, you know, having a pace of like thirty four <laughs> or some shit, he was never gonna get there. And yeah, that it's just the quick fire goals. And then the third goal was, um, sure. It was, it was all by Wait, the third goal was all De Gea and Bailly. I, I blame De Gea for that too, man. What are you doing? You just had a man sent off. Like, you're, De Gea is one of the most experienced United players. Like, calm the game down. You don't need to be doing that. Isn't he captain? Oh, Maguire was captain. De Gea is oh, definitely up oh. there in terms of, like, influence. Oh, like, if, if you know football manager, you have the influence pyramid. De Gea is yeah. definitely right up there, but... Dude, if it's just shock. The third goal was shocking, and then the fourth goal, you have Maguire and Luke Shaw switching positions. Maguire doesn't know what the hell he's doing at left back. Luke Shaw doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Maguire at Maguire got, Maguire got done by search array of all people. He got <laughs> yeah, so, Oh my god, that was I, hilarious. Man, that so, one. So, yeah, I, I coming back to the first goal, you could see that uh, you know the whole Maguire and Luke Shaw mix up. You could see that Luke Shaw actually had that situation handled. But Maguire decided to take things in your hands. Yeah, I, I kind of respect that you're going to do want to do things as a captain, but sometimes you got to delegate you know, duties. Cause delegation is the key to success in terms of football. you got to trust your teammates. And imagine paying $80 million to see to see him tackle, to foul his own player in the box. Yeah, and I know we say spending. this every week. We are not an anti-United podcast. I've made no, I've made no like, secret of the fact that I'm not United's biggest fan. But credit where credit is due and banter where banter is due, like, the same guy who we've been trolling the last three weeks decides to put on that performance last week. How do you want us to not, like, 
how do you not want us to throw on that? Like, I'm sorry that Actually, I'm... It's, it's just it's ridiculous. And the fact that they didn't go out to address, I mean, obviously the solution, the easy solution or the easy way out is just buy a new defender, right? I mean, United have dropped a combined, I think, hundred and forty million on Bayi, Lindelof, and Maguire, and they still, still are atrocious at the back. Fucking <laughs> <Okay. laughs> pep. Yeah, and, and speaking about defenders, what has happened to Juan Bissaka? He looks so off the ball recently. What? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He hasn't been playing well at all. I mean, I said it last uh, week. Maybe it's the fact that he's so afraid of what his centre backs are gonna do that he just overthinks everything. Personally, I didn't see him do a ton wrong, but like the Liverpool game, it's hard to like everyone. When you lose six one or you lose seven two, pretty much everyone in the team is culpable. I don't care if you're a strike. Like it's just you gotta be fair in that sense. So while Wan Bissaka was far from the worst defender on that night. I agree with you. He just doesn't look like the same guy who was last season. Yeah, he looked great last season and, and the season before that when he was at Palace. I don't, something's... I don't know. Maybe his confidence is gone or... I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, might, oh, I remember that United... No, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, just cut in. That United had the third best defence behind, uh, behind City and Liverpool last what? season with the exact same back line. So I, I don't know how they... That, that, that doesn't sound right. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's really? what I was like thinking. Oh, Has wow. everyone else's defending been that shit? Well, Arsenal I mean, shit, so... Like, everyone else beside Liverpool and City to a certain extent, they were so bad. I mean, Chelsea lost 12 games and we somehow managed to get into the Champions League. Oh man, yeah. 12 Facts. games, Facts. you know. Like, yeah, and uh, both United and... Yeah, but both United and Chelsea finished on 66 points. In past years, that would have gotten you a Europa League spot. Yeah. But we somehow managed to, to fraud out a Champions League place because the rest of the league were just so bad. Uh, yeah, it... But, and who and, else? Uh, United, who else yeah, United, United didn't rectify their defensive um, deficiencies. They went out and bought a bunch of, like, children <laughs> and added to the Cavani, right? I'll let you take the reins on that. Uh, the new okay. number seven, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, say what you want about the Cavani transfer. Okay, I know that not everyone's very happy about the signing of a thirty-four-year-old pensioner. But hey, Cavani <laughs> Did you at forty-three-year-old pensioner. <laughs> Cavani at forty-three-year-old is still an upgrade to Igalo. Ooh. No matter. Oh shit! Is Igalo still on the? he's still in Yeah, he is. Oh my god. Yeah, he is. Yeah, no matter what you're gonna say, Cavani will always be a better striker than Igalo. And yeah, I mean, they signed Alex Teles, who I think is a decent signing. I, I, but I think he's the best signing that they yeah. have. Yeah, but but uh, United's inept board in terms of transfers has actually, you know, poured water on what seems to be a very good signing, in Alex Teles, because I know that United, like every United fan since the start of the window would say and if you if people ask them what is the one transfer that you're going to want this summer everyone in the dock said Jaden Sancho mm. and yeah and they were linked to Jaden Sancho for the entire seven weeks I mean even before pre, even pre before last season, season concluded they already yeah they, they, were, they were having talks with Jaden Sancho on a potential transfer to Manchester United so it was to the point that 
personal terms were agreed, agent fees were agreed, and all that's left for United to do was to put in a bid that Dortmund were agreeable with, which was in the region of 108 mil plus add-ons. But Ed Woodward being Ed Woodward, you see, this is what happens when you give a businessman the authority to make footballing decisions. I mean, United have been crying out for a director of football for so long, and they have not rectified that. Like, you see, Chelsea hired Petr as a director of football, and you can see it really worked wonders in terms of transfers. Lampard got all the transfers, he, okay, most of the transfers that mm. he wanted. Whereas Ole, okay, how, how transfers work is uh, the managers will come out with a list at the start of the season, and they will actually hand it to the director of football. And you say, all right, these are the guys that I want for the upcoming season. Uh, please get them. And, okay, I would be shocked if I had seen Edison Cavani's name on Ole's list of transfers. Mm. I'm sure that Cavani is a panic I mean, buy mm. because United, yeah, United, United's board would be like, oh, shit, we actually messed up the Jadon Chancho. Jadon Chancho. Jadon Sancho okay. transfer. And so, okay, we... we so who, who is free? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Edison Cavani. He's good. He's good. So we're going to gonna get him on a free transfer. And I did some research. Of course. Edison Cavani has been a free transfer for six I'm, months. I'm going to say, like, and... you guys know that's how I play on Football Manager, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically a BK-type transfer. Yeah, and, and I don't know what is United's aversion to signing right-wingers, but can, can you guys name me the last memory of a right winger that United actually signed like I can go way Does back Valencia count? To... <laughs> yeah I was thinking Valencia as well he was like the only natural right winger that I can think of was Zaha left there is left but right footed or like right right Zaha is a... he played on right. the right I... but he didn't really yeah. shine like he, he, he came doing the Moise era and Moise didn't really use right. him he that barely, much. Uh, he barely got so, a sniff anyway. Yeah, exactly. I was like thinking actually United yeah. could have went back in for him. Like, if they were that desperate. Yeah. Yeah, so so going back to United's right-hand, right-winger conundrum. Yeah, so once Woodward actually, Woodward and the board actually, oh, they actually realised that oh, it's too late to sign Jadon Sancho. So they actually decided to use the money that was meant for Jadon Sancho to sign two young children. <laughs> the names of uh, Ahmad Diallo Traore. Uh, oh, that like was his who, full right? name, okay. Who? Yeah, that's his full name. For 30 million plus add-ons. And the thing is that he, he isn't even going to be in the United squad at the start of this, the I new season. For... He's going to oh, come yeah. in oh, yeah, January. Alone, right? Yeah, like until... Yeah, 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 I saw the thing. I think it's because yeah. of work permit the... issues, but... Yeah, work permit issues. I mean, this, this shows a lack of planning research on the player. Yeah, I'm They're planning almost just rolling the dice. Yeah, and this guy is an 18-year-old kid. Yeah, I, he, he could possibly do well in the future. I'm not going to deny that, but maybe United need a right winger here and now. Maybe Manu wanted they, to... They can't build for the future. Maybe they wanted to pull off like some Gabriel Martinez kind of thing. Like... Yeah, but... It's, As in what, Martinelli? Like, talked about oh, Martinelli, it. yeah, sorry. Martinelli. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, bro, your own player. Yeah, but, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. we kind of... Yeah, we kind of touched about it last spot. Yeah, Diallo is one for the future, but he's a risk signing. And do you think Ole 
before Ollie's he shot never, he's never he's not gonna even like play the guy <laughs> he's never even gonna have yeah, the guy yeah, a, wait uh, Oli won't yeah. even get to play the guy cause he won't be uh... we can see that Oli wanted Jaden Sancho because he he needs someone ready here and now to play the right wing position not some obscure signing from Atalanta and, and the and going back to Diallo, I don't want to seem like I'm shitting on him or anything, but he has only played three games for Atalanta and I know United already brokered a 30 million deal for him. And other than that, they also signed this Uruguayan winger called Facunda Palestri. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Wait, what? What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh. What are you going to do with two young children playing on the uh, right wing? Well, Wait, they are both right wingers. I always thought I always yeah, thought Facundo yeah, they are both was right the centre mid. Well, I guess did you oh, he was? Fabio and Rafael. I don't know. So. You see, this this is how obscure this signing is. We don't even know what his best position is. Yeah, dude. I don't know. It's just very bizarre. Like, I, it's just baffling. My dude. my. I mean, it's tough for me to care because it's United, but <laughs> I'm trying to put on my like football fan hat, right? They. I'm trying to be good yeah, cop they, in this. They, okay, like the central deal. I guess we kind of... I Okay, deep down, I thought they were going to eventually cough up the cash. That's what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were just going to nah. cough it up, take the L, drop 110 mil on Central and call it a day. Actually, I kind yeah. of thought that it was off the moment, right? I'm not going to lie. When Tammy's birthday, the article came out and like Sancho was there, right? I kind of knew that it was off. I mean, I like I kind of felt it was off the moment Cavani was being bandied. Ah, yeah. I think the murmurings of Cavani started last week and when I heard that and when I heard that they had serious wheels, no pun intended, <laughs> like, I was just, okay, looks like they're not going to cough up that, that extra cash on Central and then the whole Dembele thing, like Pogba oh. saying he managed to convince him and then eventually it fell through. Oh, yes. Oh. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Of, it's not so much who they signed, it's who they wanted to sign and didn't. Like I don't, I don't Sancho know. Like, I say it's hard. It's hard for me to care, but it's just very, very baffling. It's. I just want to say and, and offline. Like, yeah, go for it. Sash mentioned that you know it would be funny if Chelsea actually signed Sancho. I was like low key thinking like, oh, that meeting Sancho actually went for Tammy's birthday with like. Agent <laughs> Tammy. And then I was like just thinking that I was like, yo, next transfer window, man. You never know. Like jokes aside, I mean, if I, I, happen- I mean the 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 latest out of the rumor mill is that. Both Liverpool and Bayern are front runners now. Obviously, it's tabloids. I don't buy that shit. But I mean, I think that central ship is shield. Uh, oh my God, what's wrong with all of our pronunciation today? That central ship has sailed yeah. <laughs> for United. I think this was their chance to yeah, get it when, done. Yeah, this season yeah. was a chance where United was sole front runners for DJ and Sancho because we don't know what's gonna happen next yeah. year. Like. Okay, if you you guys didn't know, Real Madrid didn't yeah, sign yeah, anyone zero. this summer. So next year they are gonna yeah, like have funds special on the market yeah. side. Yeah, man. And yeah. and so this this was the the best chance United have of signing Jadon Sancho, and I guess Woodward and the board kind of messed it up big Dude, time. To add up to that, right? I thought United would have learned their lesson from uh losing what was his name from like uh the Dortmund striker. Ah, Haaland? Yeah, they, they were in for him as well. And then the next thing you know, Dortmund came in and just took Haaland away from Menu. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what happened to that. There were a lot of memes about Haaland having played with Solskjaer before and not wanting to go through that shit again. <laughs> um, yeah, I think 
Dortmund just showed that they wanted him more. And I mean, I'm a big fan of Haaland. You guys know how uh, I love the guy. He's, he's powerful, yeah. direct, quick. Um, and the thing is, Dortmund paid less than 30 mil for exactly. him. Now he's probably worth like 100. So there you go. I just want to do like a quick roundup for this whole thing. We have our concerns on the whole menu thing, but I just want to Please. say like I think what was heartbreaking, it, even as a non-menu fan, like to see. I guess we all saw Evra on like the Evra, whole right, yeah, yeah the Sky Sports thing, and oh, it was devastating to see an ex player react like that on on live TV. Like just like man, man just doesn't care, dude. He just oh. doesn't give a shit. Oh, I was so devastated to see like everyone was like saying like even on Instagram and stuff they were saying like oh man he looks like he's about to cry and like it's just sad and I, I'm not sure whether it was Evra who brought this up but I saw an article about captaincy in Manchester United and just saying like a lot of people were saying that Maguire shouldn't have got the captaincy in fact it should have been the most senior player at that point of time and not Maguire because Maguire just came in you know, why does he... 80 mil, sure, but why does he then deserve the captaincy over anyone else? But wasn't Ashley Young captain? At that point? He, Maguire only became captain because Young went to Inter, right? Yeah, but then again, then why... Why is he vice, right? Yeah, yeah I, get, I get what you're saying. But then then I was... I thought through the article and then I was like, so De Gea is captain? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just... Uh... It's a shambles, man. But Bruno, this, this Bruno, season has been Bruno <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought Bruno as well. Yeah, Bruno should be captain. Yeah, but then yeah Bruno looks yeah, like he gives a shit. I think that's what United need right now. They need... I mean, hell, make Rashford captain, man. He might not have the charisma, but I know for a fact, like... I mean, I know for a fact. I don't know the guy, but... Rashford probably does care a lot about United. I mean, he definitely does, so... Why not give him... Why not, like, let him have, have a chance at, you know taking the armband and see where, where things go from there. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say that all, all three of us, we are not the biggest fan of United because I'm sure that each and every one of us uh, talking now, we have had our childhoods in some sort of way. Yeah, and I... Like, Ole, right? We know he's not the best manager in terms of tactics-wise, and he... He... It's just not the future for Manchester United in any sort of way if they have aspirations of winning a trophy. But I have to say that the board really let him down this time. And just to use an analogy to for, for United's transfer committee and the transfers that they made this season, it's kind of like, you know, plate spinning. It's where you take them sticks in... Uh, like, you, you see it in, uh, in the carnival where you take sticks and then like you spin plates on top of it. Oh. And this uh, this is usually done by uh, this is usually done by yeah, clowns, yeah. usually done by clowns. So yeah, I think that's like the perfect analogy to sum up United's transfers this season. Just absolute clown fiestas. Yeah, I, lo- I love that phrase, man. clown fiestas. Yeah. Okay, I think we've we've ragged yeah, on United for a bit. Um, at this rate, it could be this way for a long time. Um, but then again, this season's been so weird. Who knows? United might come back after the international break. Yeah. Revitalized yeah. Cavani might end up becoming top scorer. We don't know. We're not gonna make predictions because this is FKB. <laughs> we don't do predictions here. Oh, are, are we not doing? I mean, I was just about to like ring in. Like... Oh, we don't do like match predictions. Ah, right, right, I mean, right. top four is like it's a year away. Who cares? Top, <laughs> it's top, a year top six away. now. Like honestly, like yeah, looking yeah, at the yeah. leaderboard, like 
what are we gonna like we look we, we did this last time what's gonna be now that the transfer window is closed what's mm. everyone's new dude, top six dude that's, isn't Aston Villa like second now that's Leicester how freaking messed up this season has been uh, not yeah, Leicester, just... it's like Everton. Oh, is it? oh yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, Everton. Everton and yeah. The Leicester hype is dead after they lost to West Ham. Yeah, man. That's how oh. quick things can turn. Like, last, last everyone was bending Liverpool to walk away with the league. We got whooped. Dude, um, last week was shambles. Like, just the flops just shined and like everything, I don't know what happened. I mean, yeah, like BK, do you, do you have off the top of your head your new top six? Oh, wow. Uh... I still want to put Liverpool and Chelsea as top. I was uh, Chelsea. Well, I think Chelsea was one of my top few the last time I did this. Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. You said you said Chelsea was Honestly, second. I, I I think I kind of remember my picks, but yeah, we'll figure I, it out later. I can't Go remember ahead. my picks. Uh, my picks, but if Liverpool, uh, I knew my top three was like Chelsea, Liverpool, and like Man City. I'm still going to put that top three no matter what because mm. they have the squad depth and everything. Like now that internationals are coming in. I think there's more match fixtures for people to even play. And then, like, I remember Arsenal fourth, and then, like, maybe Spurs and United. But looking at how it plays now, right, I won't be surprised if Everton comes in, like, fifth or sixth, or even fourth, to be honest. Like, right. They're coming right. hot. Villa, I think they're going to do some points. They might come in six, seven, like what Burnley did, or, like, what Sheffield did, six, seven, eight. Really, bro? You're getting on that Villa hype after they beat us. Come on. Hey, don't tell me sorry. I mean, their team is way better than last season, but... I think okay, they, never mind. This isn't, they, this isn't my, my space. Go for it. I think their squad depth might have increased a bit. But uh, as compared... You know, like how how the lower teams, like what you mentioned, they try to strengthen. But like, Sheffield United didn't do much. Burnley were just talking offline, did nothing. Uh, Southampton, not much as well. You know, all the, all, all the lower... Or lower teams are, I wouldn't say they make fantastic transfers. Yeah, Palace will just meander between 12 to yeah. 15 at best. Yeah, but okay, to, com- to talk about Aston Villa again, in terms of player for player upgrades, right, I think they are second to Chelsea in yeah. terms of the transfers they oh, did. Oh, they've had season. a yeah. phenomenal transfer. I- I'm surprised how they, I don't know how they even put that stun in and like bringing like that much people in and like. I'm just amazed. Yeah, and don't forget, they have Dean Smith, the blonde Mourinho, leading the charge away from relegation. I mean, could you see could you see Villa finishing on a comfortable 10th, 11th position this season? Yeah, that's why. I think Villa's best business was keeping Grealish. Yes. No, like, I have no yes. idea how that happened. I mean, Grealish himself kind of admitted, like, you know when they, they stayed up in the final game of last season, it almost was like a tearful farewell, but for some reason... You, we were talking about this, I was like... Probably you... probably COVID, but I think, yeah, you ended up signing a new deal. Yeah, I was talking... I, I mean, he was he was being linked to United, yeah. and we know that this type of transfers won't happen. So, I mean, he was linked to Spurs as well, but... Exactly, uh, I, I, said I think, this. yeah, a lot of teams just maybe weren't sold on him, which... So it's, it's not just Grealish, they signed... Elmi- Emiliano Martinez, yeah. who is, I think, one of the best keepers in, uh, in the league right now. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's go there. He's so good. He's, 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 he's a good yeah, shot yeah. stopper. He is, he is. He's pretty commanding in his box. Yeah, you could see 
Arsenal's upturn in form last season to a certain extent yeah, built him up. was due to Martinez. Yeah, I, I won't deny that. I won't deny but that. But yeah, I mean, Arsenal, I think what Arsenal did in that in that respect was the right move, you know. Yeah. you got to cash in on your, your subkeeper. Yeah, and he, well, It's also almost like he's been such a loyal server. Yeah. You cannot deny him this opportunity but, to play first team in a Premier League yeah, side. Yeah, but the... the the Arsenal fans base seem to be very de- divisive on who was the better keeper. Mm, I mean, yeah, I, like, Martinez. I like Martinez, but it's Leno. Uh, I, I, yeah, I same. A, I, 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 like, a debate I, I love Martinez, but Leno really? for me I, well. I, think Le- I think people have very short memories and short... Yeah, and you want to put... See, they see Martinez winning the FA Cup, winning the Community Shield, yeah. doing well coming in, but I still... Th- yeah. I mean, Ma- Martinez made a mistake against Liverpool. You, just you, didn't get punished. I think he had to put in like number of matches like Leno played and all that. Like He made crazy saves as well and like Arsenal defence was like shambolic at that time and he still oh God, made crazy I just, saves we just, we just did make a prediction <laughs> watch Leno be absolute garbage oh shit shite that's what Man City <laughs> next man I'm dead. I guess you'll see yeah. I, Fam- famous I last see. words what, what, what about you guys what about your top 6 you guys have your wait what who, who is your top 6 I, I, I said, like the top like, 3 from, the, from 6 I, I can't decide my top 3 uh, BK BK did a yeah. very uh dancey yeah. It, How's that fence? <laughs> I, I, I know my bottom too. I ish. Oh shit, I realized. I mean, yeah, fair, fair enough. Like, um, I guess for me, I, I'm going to go first like, if you don't mind, Sash. Um, yeah, yeah, good. I have, I had United fourth in my last prediction. Obviously, that's not the case right now. Um, I think I have United outside the top six, actually. And I know that might be a hot take. It, it might be almost like me panic buying, but I just think the six I'm going to say are just w- way better than them right now. Um, in sixth, this is a tough one. I have Everton, actually. I think Everton, are, based on what I've seen, they are just a very solid team. They know exactly how they want to play. It's as if their team has been... No si- no issues gelling, man, with this team. Like All the, all the crap we gave Hamas, he's perform phenomenally in the first four games. Ducori, I mean, I have my doubts about Ducori. You should, mm. to, to be fair, Yushin <laughs> was a big fan of Ducori. I'm a big fan um, of him too. I think him and Alan, yeah, sure. I think him and Alan are, Alan are like uh, made for each other. Yeah. I think they let Hamas do, do, the, do the work. Yeah. Just to add on yeah. to that, if, if Everton did not have Carlo Ancelotti as the manager, I don't think Hamas yeah. Rodriguez and no, Alan definitely have not. No, wanted no, to no, join. No, 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 you're no, absolutely no. right. And that, that yeah. is the that is that's the perks of having a world class manager who has pulling power. Yeah. That's just perks of it. And I mean, we're obviously gonna talk a lot more about Ancelotti and we've wanted to do this for a while. We just haven't had the right time, but probably in the preview to the Merseyside Derby we'll give Everton a bit more time and I know you yeah, should have a lot to say about them. Yeah. Um but I just don't think that I think especially in such a long season, in such a stretch season, and with Alan and Hamez not being used to a winter, you know, they are used to having a winter break, I think they will struggle with squad depth. And with Pickford at the back, you just never know when he's going to make a mistake. Um, the real test will be game week five when we play them. Honestly, I don't think Liverpool should be scared of anybody, but Everton away was probably the fixture I didn't want the most after that 7-2 mm. drubbing. Um, I, I mean, I I wouldn't like if you have told me like five years ago that in 
this Merseyside derby would be between two possible title contenders. Asterix, I would have just laughed in your face, but Everton really do look good. Yeah, they yeah, have, they really have do to be taken and, seriously. And... Yeah, this is one of the most hyped I've been for a Merseyside derby <laughs> in a long time. Yeah, dude, like, like, and I dude. never would have... Yeah, I have never in my life imagined Liverpool would come into that fixture as air quotes. Yeah, exactly, but... Hey man, the league has been fried so far. Yeah man. Maybe we need to maybe we need to put seven past them. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's wishful thinking on my end, but yeah, oh, Everton Pascal six is... just because just because ah, I okay. think Um yeah, squad depth. Yeah. And I mean, it's just tough. I just think the other five above them are more seasoned. Fifth, like I said, this is probably one of the hardest top six to pick. Uh, I have Arsenal still in fifth, unfortunately, and I know they've been mm-hmm. grinding results. They've been going quietly about their business. I just think, I think they'll be in it right till the final few games of the season. I think it'll be a very yeah. close battle for top four. Yeah. But I just think Jose and Spurs, who I'm gonna predict to get fourth, I think they just have more depth, more strength in depth more experience and I think they'll get it done. The problem with Spurs for me is that while they've looked very impressive in the first four games, they've also dropped like they could have they should have killed the game against Newcastle. What we can debate all all day long whether that was a penalty at the end, but should have killed the game off and I think we're gonna see more of that throughout the season. We're gonna see Spurs scoring lots of goals. They're gonna be battering teams like one week but then dropping points the other. That's why I think they'll end up fourth. Um, third, I actually predicted Liverpool to get third, but um, I think third now would fall to Chelsea. I think it's going to be very close. I think the top three are just going to be dropping mm. a lot more points than what happened the last two seasons. I think City, to an extent, um, it's a bit hard to judge City now because they've been playing without a striker. Uh, Chelsea, I think... They just had a, a. They pretty much changed their whole spine. It's gonna take a while, um, and you know, with European commitments, you never know. So I have Chelsea in third right now, albeit a very close third. Second, um, if you, if we didn't get whooped seven two, I would have put us first. But just the strength in depth, number one. I I still think City has the edge over us, and I think. You saw what happened when we lost Allison and Mane. We're just not the yeah. same team. Not yeah. the same team. Um, Firmino, for some reason, has lost his shooting boots. I love Firmino, but you need to do better. His finishing has been dreadful. And when you don't have a player of Mane's quality up front, I like Jota, but he's no Mane. And an injury to Van Dyke. Or a long-term injury, uh, an even long longer-term injury to Allison means that it's gonna be a very very tough ask to retain the title, which is why I still have City first, despite you know them getting hammered by Leicester and dropping points against Leeds. I just like I said, it's 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 tough for them when you don't have a striker and Mister Fraud Watch Sterling has been to play up front. So yeah, I I still have it: City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs. Arsenal and then Everton and then United coming in seventh. But who knows? It's been a wacky Premier League. Things, everything could change after the international break. Hell, whole season could be canned if you know COVID gets worse. So that's just my take. Yeah, I mean, just to touch on City, the the 
do you guys watch the Leeds and City game last week? Yeah. Yeah, how did that game finish 1-1? <laughs> I will never know. Ah. It was... It, it, it came to a point where both teams just played without tactics. It was like a basketball match where, you know, <laughs> yeah. Leeds, once Leeds lost possession and then City bombed forward and when City lost possession, Leeds bombed forward. I forgot, this, I forgot there was, was someone waiting to get game. subbed on for like at least five minutes, but there were no like breaks of play so you couldn't come on. And I'm amazed no yeah, one was... blew out their like hamstring, man. There was crazy, a crazy yeah. intensity to that game. Shut sh- Shout out to uh, Mr. Brotto, Carl Walker. Like, he, <laughs> did you see him do that 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 run at like the eighty fifth or eighty sixth minute? He just bursted through like, like like he was a fresh. I mean, shot. you said it yourself, Mr. Brothel, right? Kelly is getting a lot of cardio <laughs> rounds. Um, Too much testosterone. And it's weird when your goalkeeper is man of the match despite <laughs> making a mistake that leads to a goal. I thought Edison was phenomenal, yeah, yeah. but. Life of a goalkeeper, you know, you're not remembered for the saves you make, you're yeah. remembered for that one mistake you make. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought City were going to run away with it. First half, yeah, they looked very, so. very good. Leeds looked a bit confused, a bit timid. But second half, they kind of threw that respect they had for City out the window and just went after them and their um, persistence paid off with a mistake from Edison. So there you go. Yeah, Sterling should have won it at the end. Hey, I don't know why he didn't shoot. Because he was on front watch, man. Sterling's finishing is kind of like diminished, man. Like He used to be such a lethal finisher. He went from I, being I a shit finisher yeah. to a lethal finisher and now bro, he's kind of like bro, back bro, to square bro, one. Bro, bro. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I, I kind of put a little bit of blame on Fatigue because he did play 90 minutes for some reason in the Carabao Cup. Like two days before. Yeah. I just say it's front His management by Pep again. I think Pep wanted him to build his confidence. I mean he did get a couple of goals, uh Yeah, in the Burnley, in the mid- Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. I mean Pep Pep's a bad scientist, he, like who knows what he got he's it, thinking. Yeah. But he got it really early in the game, like two goals and it was done. He could have just taken Sterling off and rested mm. him. But you could see that Sterling was pretty tired and that I, I think that, that fatigue kind of costed him in in terms of uh, decision making yeah I don't know why he decided to cut back and, and do something cute when he could just finish it in the bottom corner but mm, uh, it is what it is okay so yep so my top 6 uh yeah I have to agree with you Everton for 6 because yeah Allen and Hamas I don't think they're able to keep this intensity up all season they're gonna they're gonna have purple patches of form yeah but Everton do look good, I must say. Fifth, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, Party. We, we can talk about Party in another pod next time mm. and how he's going to change Arsenal. Yeah, maybe once he's like played or... Yeah. I mean, next week we have a... We probably have the whole episode to talk about preview, so we'll leave it for them. Yep. Fourth. Don't you dare say Liverpool. I, I, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, kind of, I kind of think... Second, third, and fourth place. It's gonna be like a difference of five points. Mm. Yeah, but I, I I'm gonna say, it's, yeah, I'm gonna say Spurs. Yeah. Fourth, like like um Spurs have been one of the top scorers this season so far, and don't forget they have Gareth Bale to come here. Uh, we haven't seen Gareth Bale yeah. yet. I'm waiting for him to come. Yeah, in, the man. front is gonna gonna look scary, and it's Mourinho's second season, like air quote second season. <laughs> So we, we all know that Marino usually does really well. I'm actually 
tipping them to win a trophy this season, like league, since league the FA Cup win in two thousand and eight. Yeah, third, I have to put Liverpool. I I can't put Chelsea, mm. <laughs> but it's gonna be like one or two points difference. So Liverpool third for me, Chelsea second, and yeah, City to win the league. But I don't think it's gonna be. 95 points. I it's remember at be... the start, like our first episode, we were like, City to walk the league. <laughs> Bruh, yeah, they yeah. ain't going to be any walking this season. Well, no, but but to be fair, we didn't know that Jesus would be out injured. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the thing is, like yeah. like with Klopp's whole shelf life thing, right, I think the same can be said about Pep. Yeah, definitely. About, more about Pep than... Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, did, we did talk about that yeah. last spot. Yeah. Like, Pep doesn't have yeah. a plan. Yeah. He just has a plan A, and when plan A doesn't doesn't come into fruition, his players for some reason they just cross aimlessly into the box, like mm. they have like three Peter Crouches there for the haters, but they have midgets there. So I Peter <laughs> Crouches. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know why they they start to spam this like all the game plan goes out the window and they start spamming crosses into the box to the likes of Sterling, Foden, and Aguero. I mean Aguero, Aguero and Jesus are good strikers, but they're not like target for man. their prowess in the air. Yeah, exactly. Would you? I wanted to ask you something. Would you have put Liverpool top if we didn't get battered by Villa? Um, but didn't get battered, but lost. Still lost to Villa. Mm, sure. Or let's say just after game week three, after we beat Arsenal. Let's say we were doing this after we beat Arsenal. How would you have ranked it? Uh, and that's yeah, also a tricky have... one because yeah, that's yeah. in City lost 5-2 mm-hmm. yep just, just to put a disclaimer out there yeah. we reserve the right to reevaluate and reassess our top 6 predictions because even even though we are in game week 4 it's still too of early course. to tell and I mean predictions are just that they're just predictions like yeah it's just it's just fun it's also we obviously we're not doing, going about it blind this is what we really feel based on like the data and the movement in the transfer window but yeah yep so that's my top 6 yeah. what about oh shit all... <laughs> also what about Timo man <laughs> are you getting worried <laughs> are you getting worried yeah if uh, you should made a you know... for, yeah for viewers if you, was it or last you week? should made a very bold prediction <laughs> Yeah, so so thank you, Timo Werner. You guys for, need to listen uh, to episode four again. To I'm not gonna tell you, you're gonna have to go back to episode four and listen to that. Yep. So rest in peace, my nutsack. <laughs> Damn it, Werner! I put I put all my hopes and trust in you. I literally put my balls on the line. <laughs> literally put my balls. That's on the, the highest line honor you. any man can give. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm I'm guessing if we're gonna go to the uh fraud watch yeah. segment. Yeah. It's, yeah, so I'm gonna nominate my balls <laughs> on Fortwatch. Ah, really? The balls, first non-player. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, BK, uh, do you have a nominee for this week? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just to talk about Yeri Mina. Oh my <laughs> god. That's why we it's, don't make predictions a, anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a full kid banter thing, you know. You put someone on Fortwatch and he he scores, and not only that. He he plays one of his best games ever in an Everton shirt. It's just you just can't make this shit I up. Cream always just, rises to the top, man. Like I think he's gonna get exposed. I think it just got worse because both of you guys said Yerimia, and then it just doubled. 
I need to f- I need to cr- crop out that clip like Yushan said Yerimina and I was like yes yeah, I, exactly I, like that's I completely agree and yeah when I saw my goal at uh, Everton 2-1 Yerimina I was just like fuck I just no. I just want to say I said Vardy and you guys gave me shit where was he? Uh, <laughs> you said I thought you said Sterling I, no I said Sterling first and then I said uh, I think Vardy's gonna flop and you guys were like Vardy what the hell and no, then, no, 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 you said Vardy first, and we gave you shit. Oh, yeah. And, and then, then you were like, okay, okay. And then you said Sterling, and, and we were just like, what? Yeah, b- both of them did not show up. Okay, yeah, Sterling's yeah, got to yeah, go, yeah, but... Okay, BK, BK is the only guy on here who actually knows what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, yeah so why, why not we, we hear your nomination for Fraud Watch? Um, mine has got to be... I mean, this is funny. Like, we've never actually nominated him. But I mean, like, Harry Maguire. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a no-brainer. I'm nominating Maguire and Gomez. Dude, he's going to score. Gomez, <laughs> because I'm still, I'm still pissed off that I backed my guy up and he put in that shit show against Villa. So, Gomez, you're in the gulag, man. I've never said this before. I can't wait for Joel Mata to be back. You know how, mu- you know how much that hurts? Ooh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> when you're, like, clamoring for Joel Mata to come back. But, oh, yeah. But, but I think once... Thiago recovers from COVID and is sort of match fit again. I think Fabinho will play there. Play yeah, the, maybe, uh, maybe. The I think I think the fact that Klopp took Gomez off. Uh, I mean, do you Gomez didn't want to be there? He looked like a fighter who had just been like gotten gotten his ass kicked for like fifteen minutes and just wanted the the fight to end. Um, I mean, if we're gonna talk about guys who got taken off early, Mister Nabi Keita. Yeah, Nabi. I mean. There's only so much I can do, uh, brother. You gotta, you gotta back me up, man. You gotta help. You gotta help me out, man. I can't, I can't defend your honor on the toilet bowl like every week. <laughs> so, but, Mickey, how about you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take my Vardy again. No, no, I'm going to say okay. Hurricane. What? What? Oh, no, 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 this, this, no, this, this, no, this is what he does. <laughs> this, this is what he does. Guy. <laughs> oh, but Harry Kane! Wow, please. I, you, I uh, think I, I think he's gonna get one. Harold, I, I got Harold De Bruyne. I, Harold De Bruyne. I mean, I wanted to say Maguire <laughs> as well, but like, it's like no fun like calling shit on a ship there. Oh yeah. no, I, I love it. I love it. You can be the wild card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. just pick uh, the best performer every week and call him a fraud. I love it. Okay, okay. The reason why this is such an interesting uh, nomination is okay. I know they are playing West Ham next yeah. from uh, fixture list, and I just had some. I'm just going to touch a little bit about West Ham. I know we've been shitting on them since the start of the season. and They've been doing I mean, rightfully well. so, because they were really bad. They are really bad uh, under Moyes. But credit to Moyes, he actually turned the team around. Okay, so I'm Technically, just going to are they some... still under Moyes? Yes. Dude, he's he's working even... from home. Moyes, <laughs> Moyes is working he's like from zooming, home. So, yes. zooming for the matches, like 90-minute Zoom session. <laughs> yeah, so just a little stats. A little bit of stats on West Ham. Okay. Uh, from what I've read, Okay, big chances conceded. Okay, West Ham are actually the fourth best team in terms of uh, big chance conceded. Okay, which which means if turning it to layman's terms, they are def- the fourth best defensive team in the league right now. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> they've conceded. They've conceded four goals, and their actually conceded is three point seven one, which means yeah, they're actually on par with uh the number of goals that they're expected to concede. When compared it to, uh, let's say, Man United, yeah, Man United have, have an XG of uh, 11, Jesus and they've Christ. only conceded like 10, so they, have, they should have conceded way more than they should. Right. 
And uh, yeah, you could say that well, West, uh, Moyes is a very defensive-minded manager, but the stat see, says otherwise. They are, in terms of expected goals, uh, it's 7.54, but in actual fact, they've actually scored 8 goals, and they are like the 4th highest scorers in the league so far. Is that pretty much mind-blowing? It is, and, and I just want to say, I just want to apologize to all West Ham fans because Sash has just gotten your side relegated. Oh shit! There goes <laughs> Batman. All those stats are just gonna get them destroyed against Spurs. You're welcome. Harry Kane four goals. It rips, rips. No, it's not gonna be Kane. Kane's gonna miss a penalty, but Spurs oh, yeah. is still gonna win final, and BK's oh, yeah, gonna yeah. be like, "I told you so." Yeah. It's gonna be so, some. It's gonna be some and and Tengai and Dombele hat trick. Uh, yeah, it's like. Oh, shout out and Dombele. Oh man. yeah, We're Talking man. about this before we started recording, the guy came back from the dead, man. Shout like another guy who came back from the dead, Jared Bowen. <laughs> well done, well done, son. Like he just, I, he was a huge flop from like Halbert. I mean, the last two it's... games he's done well. Is Jared Bowen English or is he Scottish? He is it's English. Enough. Yeah, they, they're calling him the English Iron Robin now. Wow, that, wow. I mean, it's a bit what of a stretch. Uh, but... <laughs> yes, sure. It's it shout out Antonio, man. He's, uh, he's been really good since his reclassification from winger to striker. Also, like, Antonio looks hella buff now, man. What? what? Uh, is he just me? Yeah, no, a, he has yeah. always been buff. Dude. He looks like, a, not Adama, that's ridiculous, but he looks yeah. jacked, man. Yeah, like, like tra- I don't know why he's been hitting. He's been hitting the gym hardcore over the the break. Triori transformation. Everyone's getting on the but, hype train. Yeah, he's been. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I mean, all, no all this. I, w- I was gonna say that he looks. Uh, he, like he used to be an injury prone player, but you can see that his injury problems are behind. And now mm. that I've, I've said that, he's gonna like get. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, why I hope... do you do this? Why you are gonna I send hope... West Ham to administration, dude? <laughs> Just stop. Stop praising them. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I All think right. we're, we're going to end soon But since we're on West Ham BK Do you want to offer some words of encouragement To Jack Wilshere who just got released by the club Rips man I guess he could sign up for the mascot job right Now that like Wow that's like a low blow <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Jack Wilshere I wish R.I.P. Gunnosaurus yeah, but... You were the best mascot out there Better yeah, than man. Fred the Red <laughs> <laughs> man, Ozil still assisting from the benches, man, even though he's not playing. Man, Ozil, I'm gonna have a whole podcast about Ozil someday. Wait, you shouldn't didn't mention his fraud watch the... player. Oh, no, I, I don't really have any. Yeah, like, yeah the Yeri Mina. I nominated my, my nutsack for fraud watch. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, we're gonna have Harry Kane and. Gomez and Maguire. I mean, it's a win-win for me. If Gomez sucks ass, you can I can finally get someone right on. I can finally get someone right on fraud watch. But if he does well, I'm still like I'm gonna have to nominate my nutsack next week. But yeah, then we get at least at least we get a good player next week. No, no. Imagine Gomez does well against Everton, but uh, Van Dijk just decides to to you know wake yeah, up feeling like, dangerous sense, right? and he he puts on his best Phil Jones impression. Then you're just gonna nominate Van Dijk. Yeah. I mean... It is from watch. I'll nominate the whole goddamn squad if that's what, if that's what <laughs> needs to happen. Alright, alright. Alright, man. Uh, since you, you brought us into the world today, you brought us into the podcasting world today, I'm going to let you sign us off. It's going to be our first sign-off. Alright. Well, this concludes episode 5 of the Full Kid Banter Podcast. We hope uh, I really enjoyed uh, this podcast with you guys today. And, uh, well... Gonna give a shout out to our listeners. Thank you for listening to us. And we love you guys. 
Yeah. See you soon. Bye. Bye.